happy Father's Day, dads. Uh, as, as Bart mentioned this morning, dads, grandpas, uncles, mentors, right? The whole, the whole gambit. Because uh, uh, not everybody is a dad-dad, but there is a lot of dad relationships, important dad relationships. Amen? I want to start out, I, I ran across this uh, years ago, and I just happened to run across it this week, so I thought, well, this is a good time when we're talking about dads and families to uh, share a poem with you. And it goes like this. Many, many years ago, when I was 23, I got married to a widow, pretty as could be. This widow had a grown-up daughter with flowing hair of red. My father fell in love with her, and soon the two were wed. This made my dad my son-in-law and changed my very life. Now my daughter was my mother, for she was my father's wife. To complicate the matters worse, although it brought me joy, I soon became the father of a bouncing baby boy. My little baby then became a brother-in-law to dad, and so became my uncle, though it made me very sad. For if he was my uncle, then that also made him brother to the widow's grown-up daughter, who, of course, was my stepmother. Father's wife then had a son who kept them on the run, and he became my grandson, for he was my daughter's son. My wife is now my mother's mother, and it makes me blue, because although she is my wife, she's now my grandma, too. <laughs> if my wife is my grandmother, then I am her grandchild, and every time I think of it, it simply drives me wild. For now I have become the strangest case you ever saw as the husband of my grandmother. I am my own grandpa. <laughs> and, and if you look at it, it works. It really works. Uh, now, I don't know what you guys have found. But as I have been in different churches through many, many, many years, it seems like Mother's Day is just this wonderful day to extol the virtues of mothers and moms and women in general. And we just so appreciate everything they do. And then you get to Father's Day and it's like, okay, guys, time to roll up your sleeves and get with the program, right? Well, but think about it. We are wired for challenge as men, aren't we? Aren't we at our best when we have a goal and a challenge? So I want to challenge us guys this morning. As the scriptures show us over and over again that God has a special calling on fathers, called to be the spiritual leaders of their families, to be a godly influence and an impact on the next generation or two. And that's not an easy call to fulfill. Can I get an amen? Right? Many of us grandfathers were challenged at the recent Iron Sharpens Iron conference uh, to be the influence that we needed to be on our grandkids, not just bring them over, load them up with sugar, and send them home. Right? We have an important role in the lives, a crucial role, especially in these days that we live in. So it's a calling of God on us grandfathers as well. And again, mentors, uncles, etc. Now, as I thought of that, that crucial role uh, that guys play, a scripture came to mind, uh, Luke 12, 48, which says this, To whom much is given, much will be required. 
To whom much is given, much will be required. Words of Jesus. And as I thought about that verse, I, I, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, you know, that works in reverse. Oh, what do you mean? So I turned it around, and this is what it says. To whom much is required, much will be given. You with me? To whom much is required, much will be given. And then, boom, you know, it was one of those light bulb moments that went off. I started thinking about guys in the Bible to whom much was required. I thought about Moses, right? The guy called to deliver Israel out of Egypt. The guy called to bring nearly two million slaves out of the strongest nation on earth at that time, the greatest military power. That's a pretty tall order, don't you think? Exodus chapter 3, verse 11. Let's, let's, let's look at Moses' response here. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Right? I don't think Moses felt real comfortable with this calling. Seemed kind of too much for him. But God didn't just say, Moses, go do this and come back when you're done. Right? No. One thing that God did in giving much to whom much was required um, was to give him an encounter with himself. Okay, not everybody has stood before a burning bush and talked to God, right? Um, not, not that the bush is really important. What is important is the encounter. The encounter that changed Moses' life. And lo and behold, the Bible says that you and I, when we come to faith, genuine faith in Jesus Christ, we have an encounter with that same living God. Jesus called it new birth or being born of the Spirit. Paul described it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. I've said this before. That, that Greek phrase, new creation, means something that's never existed before. Brand new, something different, right? Spirit of God and our spirit coming together. We look the same in the mirror, guys, right? And this really applies to all of us. We look the same in the mirror, but in Christ, we are a new being that's never existed before because Jesus never died on the cross and sent his Holy Spirit like he did before. So, new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The new birth changes everything and opens the door to unlimited potential in God. If, if anything we see in the life of Jesus, right? He could do anything the Father wanted him to do. Walk on water, multiply matter, you know, food or whatever it is, right? Heal the sick, raise the dead, anything the Father wanted him to do. Unlimited potential, as long as it lined up with the will of the Father. Amen? So, encounter. Uh, Gideon. How about Gideon? Gideon was called to fight an army of a couple hundred thousand with 300 men. How many guys would feel comfortable in that situation? You know, you just imagine him looking over the plains and seeing these, you know, 
tents and 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 these these hordes of people, uh, you know, like 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 standing at the castle. What was that in the Lord of the Rings? You know, where they're looking over and there's this whole the catapults and all this kind of stuff, right? With 300 guys, we're dead. We are dead meat. Period. Right? Again, pretty incredible calling. And what was what was Gideon's response? Okay, Lord, let's do it. Right? Judges chapter six, verse fourteen. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Do I not send you? And look what Gideon says, verse 15. Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Talk about a guy who feels inadequate and ill-equipped for the job. But look what God says, verse 16. And the Lord said to him, but I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites as one man. Right? What was Gideon given to whom much was required? What was he given? The promise of the presence and the power of Almighty God. And that, gentlemen, is the same power, that same promise that we have. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6. I will never leave you. Never. What does never mean? Never. Never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. In this calling that we have to have spiritual influence and impact, we are not alone. We have his presence. We have his power. Amen? Solomon. Let's look at Solomon. Solomon was called to be king over all of Israel after David had turned Israel from this itty-bitty little thing to a major world power. Solomon comes to power um, somewhere maybe in his early 20s, maybe even younger. Okay, And now he is head honcho over it all. And what did he say? 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7, And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your Great people. Solomon felt ill-equipped to be king. Too immature, actually. He says that, right? To do the job. He lacked knowledge. He lacked experience. And what did God give to him to whom much was required? God gave him wisdom, right? Divine wisdom. Wisdom that was known the world over. Solomon possessed. You know that you and I also have access to divine wisdom, that same divine wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach. In other words, God's not going to say, I'm not telling you, you did this, 
or or you 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 missed church last week or or you you you're just not you know there enough no no you have to do this and you have to do this and then maybe no god is pleased when we come and say i don't know what to do you ever do that guys i have I think, I think I told you one time, I can remember this, I have the picture indelible in my mind, looking up into heaven one time, standing out in the middle of the field going, what do you want from me? Ever get real with God? I mean, really real? Like, God, this situation really stinks? Or whatever, you know, situation, whatever... You know, just, I don't get this, right? Or, or, you know, instead of being good and saying my prayers and like, God, I'm mad. I'm mad at this situation. Or I don't know what to do. Or you're expecting too much from me. And I, you know, never get real in the presence of, he's, he's all for that. God's into reality. He, he doesn't like things, you know, smoothed over and, and tucked under the rug and, and all this kind of stuff. God is a real God. I mean, he calls us to, to genuine uh, relationship with him, genuine service, genuine everything, right? It's all a matter of the heart, always has been. So sometimes we just need to just get real with God, just take the, the kid clubs off and just talk to him or yell at him like I did. He can take it. He's got pretty big shoulders, in case you haven't noticed. So, wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all. Divine wisdom from on high, without reproach, and it will be given him. Same wisdom that Solomon had, we have access to. How about Peter? There's a guy for you, Peter. Big, awkward fisherman type, right? Always putting his foot in his mouth. Called to be an apostle. Matter of fact, the first one ever to take the gospel to the Gentiles, to bridge this incredibly wide gap. There was Jews, there was the rest of the world, the Gentiles, right? And then the Jews would have nothing to do with the Gentiles. And here is Peter, not only daring to walk into one of their houses and close the door behind him, but he takes the gospel, the gospel of Christ to the Gentiles, the gospel that made the Jews and Gentiles one together. That's Peter's call. Let's look at the day he received his call from Jesus. Luke chapter 5, beginning of verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, that was the miraculous catch of fish, right? He'd been out fishing all night, didn't catch anything, right? He's tired. Jesus says, let down the nets over here. And says, oh, okay, Lord, if you say so. And then there were so many fish that the nets were going to break. Okay, remember that from the Gospels. So when he saw this miraculous catch of fish, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. 
And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And look what Jesus says to Simon. Do not be afraid. From now on, there's the call. You will be catching men. What did Peter feel? Peter felt disqualified. Peter felt so uh, sinful in the eyes of God. He couldn't be even around. Lord, depart from me. You're too holy. You're, you're the Messiah. You're, you're, I am just, I am so unworthy. You know my past. You know my mouth, probably. You know, you know all the issues that I have. I am just, no, not me. Not me. I can't even be around you. I'm dirty. I'm unclean. Never feel like that. You might think you're too big a sinner. Too much of a past. Too many bad habits to be a godly influence on anybody. Right? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence... We have, remember, Jesus died on the cross for us. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Do you see, you see the, the, the difference here? Peter was like, away. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden? They hid, right? But what does our relationship with God through Christ give us? Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy. God knows our hearts. God knows where we've been, what we've done, etc., etc., etc. But when we draw near to Him, what do we get? We get mercy. Not only mercy, but grace to help in time of need. Uh, I, I shared this in Bible study probably a hundred times. This is, this is the extra. We know that we can say, we can confess our sins and, and God will forgive us, right? But it's, it's after that. That's the important part because that's when we get into God's presence. God says, okay, now remember this situation that happened yesterday? Why did you get so mad? Why did you, you know, haul off and, and, and do this or say this or whatever? What was the issue? And then God begins to get down into our hearts. Say, you know, you felt, now me personally, I... When I feel inadequate, when I feel not good enough, I get angry. Okay? That's, I, I turn my inadequacy into anger, into control. Right? Bad habit. It started very early in life. So God says, why do you feel inadequate? Why did you feel that you had to take control of that situation? Well, because, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Well, aren't, aren't I your source? Aren't I your help? Didn't I promise that I would be with you? You know, finish out Hebrews 13, 6. The Lord is my help. What can man do to me? Right? What can anybody say or do to you, Ron, that, that I can't turn that thing around and bless your life? Nothing. And why do you have to get all mad? Very true. Right? So... Not only mercy, but grace to help in time of need. Why did you fall into that temptation? Let's look, let's look around. Where did that start? Did it start? Did, did you suddenly fall? No, I kind of dangled my feet in it back here. Uh-huh. Right? So let's avoid that 
so that you don't get into that situation and fall again. Mercy, grace to help in time of need. That's what we have. Same mercy and grace that Peter found. <laughs> Had to be you, didn't it? Did you get it? All right. Something was crawling on my wife, for you Zermers who doesn't... I, I turned the camera around and show you. Something was crawling on her arm, and she got it. All right. <laughs> it is usually my job. Right, excuse me, I'm going to go... Yeah, okay, rescue my wife here. So obviously, gentlemen... And lady, I mean, this applies to all of us, doesn't it? I mean, it's not just the guys who have these promises from God, is it? So whatever our calling is, we have the goods to fulfill that calling. Being called into spiritual leadership and influence is a very high calling indeed. But you and I, gentlemen, are not left on our own to fulfill that calling. The key is not ability. The key is availability, isn't it? If you and I will but say, yes, Lord, I'm willing. I feel inadequate. I feel ill-equipped. I feel too, too much of the past, and yada, yada, yada. But if this is the call, and if you are here from me to cause me to succeed in this call, I'm willing to take it on. You guys would say that this morning. I'm telling you, gentlemen. Um, one of you know here here is one of the differences between men and women. Okay, how is God portrayed in the scriptures? He, right? He's a male. So our influence teaches people about God. Uh, we are, we are, especially as dads, we are how our children interpret God. If we are demanding and strict, that's who God is. Right? I've seen it in my own life, uh, both from my dad and to my kids. What I was to them, God was to them. Right? Ooh, that's a tough call. Right? We can change that. If it hasn't been what it should be, we can change He can change that in us. Amen? All we have to do is say, okay, God, because it is so, so... I, I mean, you, you see what's going on in the world. The world needs godly men who will influence this next generation. We're losing them. We are losing them. We're called to impact. We're called to influence. Will we take the call? And if we will, if we will say yes and set ourselves to seek Him and trust Him to cause us to succeed, here's what the Word says. I'll close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. Listen to this. This is the all-encompassing one, guys. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency and all things at all times, you may abound 
in every good work. Abound, excel, right? What situation are you in? You have divine wisdom, you have the divine presence, the divine power at your disposal. What position has God put you in? He will give you grace to succeed in that position and to do it aboundingly, excellently, not just squeak by. God is not a squeak by God. How many know that? Right? To abound to every good work that lines up with his will. All grace. So, you may feel at times inadequate, underqualified, ill-equipped, not spiritual enough, but looking at the guys that we just read about, Moses, Gideon, Peter, Solomon, and so many others, the same God that is our God worked in them quite miraculously so that they could succeed in the call that he put on their lives. Now, more than ever, it's our time. We are needed. Amen? Let's take up the gauntlet. Take up the call. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Oh, God. You're, you're, you're calling an army. Calling an army. Guys, stand up and be godly men to take that role and to be that influence and to have impact on this generation. So, Lord, help us not to just run out and think whatever, but to look to you take that call from you and all of the equipping that goes with it that we may abound. Thank you. Praise you for it, Lord. Be glorified in and through us. Through Christ we pray. Amen.